0: this morning looking for a special blessing this morning Amen. i came in here excited this morning um i just be honest with you, y'all y'all my kind of people um and i've talked you up so uh especially the singing in the choir i like it because you don't you don't have to hit every note just right you don't have to hit every key just perfect because you sing from the heart That's right. and to me that sounds better than any professional cro- choir across this country um but no, it's, I'm, I'm glad everybody came out this morning. Uh, I said it in Sunday school, and I even thought about it on the way here. We got a beautiful day. sun's shining. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. It feels just great outside. And a lot of people just look at it as just another day, not realizing the importance of the Lord's Day to be in the Lord's house this morning. And I want to thank you all for coming out this morning and uh, coming to put up with me this morning. So uh, let's just... Let every weight that so easily beset us, let's set it aside this morning. That's what I want to do. I just want us to to take everything that's holding us back out there and leave it out there this morning. We came in here for one reason this morning, to worship a risen Savior today. And I don't know about you because when he went to Calvary and died for me, this old wretched sinner that ain't worthy of anything and saw fit to save me and join me into his family, graft me in, make me as one of his own, That's something to shout about this morning. And I'm looking forward to a good time in the house of the Lord this morning. So let's just go to worship today. All
1: right, let's all stand page 191 in the brown book. Be seated. That's good singing. Appreciate it. Tried this song till this morning. God woke me up this morning about wanting me to sing this song. So y'all pray for us. We do God. Save yeah, the drunk on the street and the rich in the palaces The poor and the third. And the men of the grave, where they all have a soul in need of salvation, and they all have to.
2: God's good out there. Amen. There's never, never a doubt. Got a few announcements here. So uh, August the 26th, got the next generation. They're going to the stripers game. So if you're signed up for that, uh, have a good time. Uh, September the 23rd, got a ladies meeting at 10 a.m. in the fellowship hall. So if you're uh, planning on coming to that, don't forget. September the 29th is a ladies night out with purpose Uh, Woman of God at Talmo Baptist Church. starting at uh, 7 o'clock. The bus will leave at 6 o'clock. So uh, please don't be late there and come to it. Got a couple of cards to read. uh, A few cards actually. Let's see here. Dear Merville Baptist Church, uh, Thank you so much for providing donuts and coffee to our staff and on our first day of pre-planning. Our staff were... Uh, they were thrilled to have these treats and they thoroughly enjoyed them. Your uh, kindness and generosity means so much. Thank you for the support. Sincerely, North Hall Middle School. we got uh, to my church family. Thanks for all the prayers, cards, phone calls and gifts. God has allowed me to come this far in my recovery. This means to uh, this means to me that <clears throat> excuse me, he is not through with me yet. Love, Sister Gilda. Glad to have you back. And uh, Merville Baptist Ladies, thank you so much for the uh, Amazon gift card, uh, cases of wipes, uh, nursing cover, uh, double stroller, breast pump, bottle brush cleaners, utility cart, and two cases of diapers. Uh, you met some of the uh, greatest knees for baby boy and we can't thank you enough. We love you. Samuel and Mackenzie Wood. All right. Just uh be sure to pray for the service this morning. Thank you very much. All right. Am I on? Am I on, Johnny? looking at you. Uh, it's good to be back at Merville Baptist Church. I grew up going here. And ever since I moved to Tennessee, I never get to back to Jordan anymore. So glad to be here, glad to bring my band. Uh, I'm going to introduce everybody real quick, just so everybody knows. This is my boss and mentor, Dave Atkins of the Dave Atkins Band. Nope. Thank this you. is Andrew Lathe, Ari Silver, and Layla Contafio. Get Andrew uh, set up here and we'll do a couple gospel numbers for you.
1: To spend time with the vicar family it's a good day so it's been a good day but thank y'all for letting us play for you and uh i always do this song for my granny she took me to church and i was that big if i was ever believe i was that big but i uh, was uh but uh so we always do this one for granny ready <laughs> surely be me I thought without you
0: Well, I got some bad news for y'all. I was at the room last night, and thank you for the room again. It's uh, Hospitality's always wonderful. I can't thank you enough for that. But this happened last time, but we figured it out, and I forgot about it. In the room, when you plug your phone up beside the bed, there's a switch at the door that kills the lights and also kills the power to those switches. So uh, when my phone was charging when I turned the lights off it stopped charging and I was honestly sitting in the room counting down the minutes like come on give me some charge so my gps will get me there and uh so it got me here but you got two options this morning I always have a stopwatch and I try to go by that because the heart can't handle what your seat won't endure um So we can either go till this stopwatch tells me to stop, or we can just trust that the battery will get us through and we'll stop when the phone dies. So there you go. I like that answer right there. But no, uh, I seriously thank y'all for everything. The hospitality is always wonderful. I can't thank y'all enough, uh, making my family feel welcome. I've got my my beautiful wife, Laura, with me today. And I know all y'all are thinking, how in the world did he land that? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, got my son Carson beside her, 13 years old, and my 16 year old daughter. Boys, stay away. Her daddy is a mean man when he wants to be. And my mother and father actually came today, also. They made the, the trek down. So uh, um, I know some of y'all didn't know last time until after that I was Ed Ballou's grandson. So you've got one step closer today. You've got Ed Ballou's daughter in here today. So. Um, but no, thank you all for everything. Um, I, I tossed and turned all day yesterday. I've, I've had a message on my heart that's just been, uh, I mean, I've just been just basking in, soaking it in and the Lord giving it to me. And I was like getting really excited thinking I was going to be able to preach it this morning, but I couldn't get peace over it last night. And even this morning, I was still Looking over what I was going to preach, and I kept going back to those notes saying, Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure? And uh, but this is the way that the, led is, the Lord has led me this morning. So if you want to go ahead and be turning to Second Chronicles, Old Testament, if you would please. Um, and and this message I've preached this twice now, and the Lord has really, really laid this on me heavy this morning, and I don't know why. Um, because I don't know, listen, before I even preach, nobody has told me anything. Nobody has said, Hey, this is what we're going through. This is what we're facing. This is just what the Lord has laid on my heart. Okay. So I feel like this is the perfect will of the Lord that this would be this morning. And I want to, uh, give you a little layout before I start preaching. Um, how many y'all like detective shows or cop shows? Uh, Oh yeah. Come on. We can be secular for a minute because i know we all have tvs (laughs) i do i I love it i enjoy it so much i'll tell you one of my favorite ones uh is ncis i love ncis gibbs is the man you know um so I, i i love watching those shows and i love shows that are similar to it that are that are like it but i will tell you what really fires me up when they start that show and, and you see like this big explosion type point in the plot, you know, and it's just starts off, I mean, full blast running right into the storm, the gunfights, whatever the case may be. And then it gets to where they break for that first commercial and then they come back and it says 24 hours earlier, I cannot stand that. That drives me absolutely bonkers, because I'm thinking, you've already given me the good stuff, why why are you taking me back? I already know what's going to happen. And then they'll go back, and they'll start all over, and start at the beginning of the story, and then you'll see that one part where you're so enthusiastic about right there, and then it'll go to show you how they all came to get to that point. But I hate that. So with that being said, that's how this sermon's going to go this morning. And uh, there is my phone letting me know that my battery is about to die. So, Second Chronicles, chapter number 7 is where we're going to start in the two-thirds point of this story, if that makes sense to you. I ask that you stand out of respect for the reading of the Word this morning. When you're there and find your place, say amen. All right. Let's say amen a little bit louder this morning. It's Sunday. Let's wake up. Let's you get you can shake the blood to your legs when you get ready to make a run spell. The blood's already there here in a minute, so you got no excuses. Um, if you're there, say amen this morning. Amen. There we go. That's more like it. All right. In 2 Chronicles chapter number seven, we're going to start reading in verse number one. Just a couple of verses here, and then we'll have a seat. The Bible says, "Now when Solomon had made an end of praying." the fire came down from heaven. Boy, I could stop right there. And we could preach a message right there. Just on that one little phrase. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Let me catch these next two verses here. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord Because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down, and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement, and worshipped, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. I like that one part right there. When Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came from heaven. That's the title of my message this morning, is how to start a fire. Lord, as we come to you in prayer this morning, I want to thank you for the opportunity you've given me to stand behind the sacred desk this morning, God. Lord, I thank you for your traveling mercy on the way down here for me and my family, God. Lord, I pray that you'll just cover me in your anointing this morning, dear Lord. Hide me behind the cross, God. Lord, I pray that I can just say something this morning that that will stir these people's hearts this morning, dear God. Dear Lord, I pray that that you'll just come in here and meet with us for just a little while this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll keep the things out of my mouth that I shouldn't say, put the things in that I should. Be sure to give you the honor and glory for it all. For it's in your name we pray, amen. How to start a fire. You know, when I was a kid, I say when I was a kid, I'm a 43-year-old man now and I am still a pyromaniac. I mean, I love to start fires. I mean, I will just, well, matter of fact, I did it this week. I will do chores of picking up brush and limbs and everything because I know I get to start a fire. And that's, I mean, ever since I was a kid and figured out how that lighter, when you went it made a flame, it was game over. I was burning everything that would burn. Trash, I was burning trash. I was taking out just notebook paper out of notebooks that I had for school and taking it out there and just burning it up. And as I was studying and and praying about this sermon, I thought, man, there's something missing in our churches. And it's the truth. I've been all over the country and there's something missing. You know what's missing this morning? Fire. We are missing fire in churches. I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's pathetic. It's, it's, a, it's a dead body away from a good funeral. And I don't know about y'all, but that ain't the kind of services I like to be in. I like to be in the kind of services where the glory of the Lord fills the house. I like to be in the kind of services where it's so thick you can't even get in because the Spirit's so real you're afraid to move. Is that the kind of service y'all want to have? Or y'all want to have the, the dead body funeral services? Because I worship a risen Savior. He ain't dead. He ain't in no grave. There's no reason to be quiet about it either. When they pray, when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down. Folks, we should be wanting to see the fire come down in this place this morning. We should be so excited that we've got an opportunity to come in here and worship where the fire can come down this morning. Amen. But yet we cross our arms and sit on the pew and say, bless me if you can, Lord. We sing that old gospel hymn, I shall not be moved. Is that truth this morning? Am I preaching the truth, folks? I'm not trying to meddle. I'm not trying to get into anything. I'm just trying to say, hey, church. We need a fire started under the church again. We need to have some fire in here that's so real the world can see what's going on in here. Just like the Bible says here. And the priest could not enter the house because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. I want to see the Lord's house filled. I'm not talking with people. I'm not talking with programs. I'm not talking about entertainment. I want to see it filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost this morning. I'm going to teach you how to start a fire this morning. It's a real simple process. And as a kid, I thought, I don't need to research this. I've done, been doing this my entire life. I've been starting fires right and left. So I, I Googled how to start a fire. And it's real simple. This is the part where we go back to the beginning of it. The beginning of it starts over in... Uh, 2nd Chronicles chapter 5. You, you can go study this out. It's your homework assignment from later if you want to. But in 2nd Chronicles chapter 5, we see something. The same thing it says on Google when you go to start a fire. The first thing you got to do when you start a fire is you got to prepare a place. You have to prepare a place. Chapter 5, it begins when Solomon had rebuilt the temple. It was called Solomon's Temple, the temple that Solomon built. He had built that temple, folks. You know what he had done? He had prepared a place for the Lord to show up. He had prepared a place for the Holy One to come in and have his spirit dwell amongst his people. Hey, look, look around. You have a very beautiful facility here. Guess what you've done? You have prepared a place. That's the first thing you got to do when you start a fire. You got to prepare a place. You got to gather up your, your sticks and limbs and kindle and all that. And you got to clear out a spot, don't you? Folks, have you cleared out a spot in your life this morning? Have you prepared a place for the fire to come down? I don't know about you, but every time I enter into church, I want to make sure I'm prepared to go into church. I don't want to come in here as, low. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm coming into church. I'm filling up my spiritual quota for the week. I'm coming in. I'm just going to be here, be seen, be known, let people know, hey, I'm a member of Murrayville Baptist Church, whatever the case may be. That's not what church is about, folks. You need to prepare your heart when you come in here. And you need to be looking for something to happen. Because if you ain't looking for what God can do, you'll never see it. You will never see it. That's the first thing you've got to do is you've got to prepare a place. So Solomon prepared a place, didn't he? He built a temple. This is the very same layout that God had given Moses. And they had passed it on down. He had done what God had told Moses to do. It had been passed down to Solomon, made his way to him. And he had prepared a place to meet with the Lord. I hope everybody came in here this morning prepared to meet with the Lord. I don't want to be sounding brass and tinkling cymbal, do you? I want the fire to come down, folks. I'm, I'm looking for a fire. I am. I didn't come in here expecting anything less. If y'all think I came all the way from Tennessee to come down here to be dull and boring, you got another thing coming. That ain't what I come for. I come to worship the Lord this morning. You can either get on board or you can sit there and not be happy about it. He had to prepare a place. You know what the next thing he did he preached to the people you go on over to the next chapter in chapter number six he starts preaching to the people he starts preaching about where they've been he starts preaching about how God's done this for him how God has brought the children of Israel through I mean goes back just lays it down look at what God can do look at what God's done in our life Folks, if some of us would take a look around and look at just what God's done in our life, we'd realize just how important it is that we need to be in his presence. We should be wanting him to come in this place and sit down and worship with us because everything he's brought us through, every storm we've faced, every trial we've been through, everything we've had to go up against in our life where we've thought there's just been no way out. Like the children of Israel at the Red Sea. They looked at that sea and said, what are we going to do now? How many of y'all ever been to a spot in your life where you've been to that point and said, hey, what am I going to do now? He preached to his people. Not only did he preach to his people, you know what the next thing he done was? He prayed. You get over in... uh, chapter, or same chapter, chapter 6 and verse number 12, it starts a prayer. Solomon starts praying in chapter number 12. And then he's, he goes on from uh, 22 to, I think it is 39, something like that. He is praying a prayer. That's, that's almost the whole chapter in nothing but prayer. How long do we spend in prayer, folks? Most of us, our, our prayer is just a little... Mm, thank you, Lord. I mean, he spends time in prayer. We're going to come back to that here in just a second. But he prepared a place. He preached to his people. And then he prayed. And then that brings us back to, to where we were at, where we started out at in chapter 7 and verse 1 said, when Solomon had made an end to praying, the fire fell. How many of y'all prayed hard enough to make the fire fall this morning? We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. We talked about prayer. We talked about how we're, we're quick to, to put someone on a prayer list if they're sick or if they're injured or something like that. But how many of us really get in prayer about things? How many of us really get in prayer about lost loved ones? How many lost lo- I even even after you said that this morning I started looking at the prayer list. Now, I'm not like say I'm, Lord told me to preach this. I ain't trying to throw stones or anything, but I started looking at the prayer list and there's a lot of names on the prayer list. I wonder how many of those names are lost folks. Because you see, when we start getting the desire for lost folks again, we'll get a fire going again won't we it's 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 real easy to come in here and say oh i need you to pray for this ailment i've got or i've got somebody that's in the hospital dealing with this and that's great we should we should definitely do that but how many times have you ever been just completely broken and said lord i've got an uncle or i've got a cousin or i've got a sister or i've got a husband or i've got a wife where I've got a, a child. I've got someone that is lost. Do you know what kind of fire that will build inside of you? You'll be wanting to pray a whole lot more, won't you? If the one you slept beside in your bed at night, the one you woke up to every morning, if you knew when you went to bed at night and you were saved and they were lost, that should start a fire inside of you, folks. You should be willing to do some praying then. It's time to get serious about prayer then. Amen. But we're so quick just to, Boom. Just pray for something and go on. But after he made an end of praying, it says the fire fell. The fire fell. It was so thick that they couldn't even get in. It was so thick that the children of Israel saw how the fire fell. And they fell fell on their face on the pavement and praised and worshipped him. You know what's wrong with a lot of churches? Listen. I, I grew up in churches where Running was fine. I, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with if y'all want to start making laps in here. You know what it's going to do to me preaching? It's going to make me preach a little bit more. I, I'm perfectly fine with, with people standing up and shouting. Yes, sir. I, I, I love it. We used to have a, a, a man, he, he'd get his hanky and he'd start waving it around. And then if he didn't have a hanky, he'd take his jacket off and he'd start waving it around. That don't bother me. Don't bother me one bit. But it's just like the children of Israel here. Do you know why they were praising and worshiping the Lord? Because the fire fell. That's what my Bible tells me. Is that what it tells you? I mean, if you got the King James Bible, we should be in agreement on that. Because if we see a fire fall in the church, folks, we'll get back to where it ain't. You hear this? The Lord's preaching this message right now. We'll get back to where we're excited to see what the Lord is doing. We'll get back to where when we come in the doors, we're hitting the worship button right from the get-go. We, should, we will be excited about getting to the house of the Lord. Not, I know I'm going to meddle here, but I'm sorry. This is what the Lord's laid on my heart. We'll, we'll get to the point to where when we walk in the doors, we're not talking about the football game the night before. We'll get to the point where we're not talking about what's going on in the news. We'll get to the point to where we walk in those doors. We're ready to worship the Lord. We're ready to hit our knees and praise Him and thank Him for just another opportunity to come to where He's at. I'm trying to teach you how to start a fire this morning. Because we need some fire. Fire's gone out all across this country. Have you ever heard of the Great Awakening? The Great Awakening. I read this, and I, I wasn't even going to put this in here. I had to add it here just the other day. But, you know, it was a, a great revival, 1730s through the 40s, a 10-year revival. I'm going to read to you. Now, this is on Google, too. You'll find out I'm a Google guy. This is what it says. It says, the movement came at a time. Now, this is, this is 1730, 2023. The movement came at a time when the ideal of secular rationalism was being emphasized. Did did I read that right? Here's the second part. First part's right where we're at. Correct? Amen? Y'all got your amens working? We already said that. Secular rationalism. Anything you want to do, If it feels good, just do it. That's that's the world we live in. But you know what it is? It's sin. The bottom line, it's sin. Here's the second part. And a passion for Christ had grown stale. And that's... The Great Awakening was in 1730? It looks exactly like... 2023, doesn't it? You know what they had to have that great awakening? They had a fire started. They had a fire started where the Lord showed up and people saw the things that the Lord was doing and a great revival broke out. A 10 year long revival because the fire fell. You know what the fire is a representation of? fire is a theopony is what the The Greek word of this is it's it's a manifestation of God's presence and a physical aspect. That's all a is. They try to make it big some long term, but that's it. It's just the presence of God manifested. How many of y'all would love for his presence to be manifested in here this morning? I mean, where it would get so thick in here. Where you wouldn't be able to see. You know they, these all these other churches try to work it up with their own fog machine. I'd like to have his fog come roll in. Wouldn't you? They try to work it up and play it up and act it up. I don't want to play it up and act it up. You know what I want? I want to end the praying. I want the place to be prepared. I want the preaching to be done. And I want the fire to fall in here this morning. We should all be looking to start a fire. I'm going, to, I'm going to finish up here because I have no idea how long I've been with. We've had that, that moment, the fire falling. We've, we've had that, that oh, wow, look look what God has done. Look what He's capable of. Look at how when our people get together, we can have that kind of fire. We, we've went back to the beginning, how they got to that point. And now we're going to get to the end of it. God gives us a 100% simple recipe simple instructions on how to start a fire because when you go back and you read the prayer of solomon it starts talking about things and we'll get to that here in just a second because if you go over to verse number 12 in chapter 7 this is what the bible says we're gonna get to a very very familiar scripture that each one of y'all probably heard a thousand times and didn't even realize what it was. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Now this is after they've been worshiping. This is after the fire fell. Solomon is really just like any of us should be. Just sitting there at his house in awe. He's thinking, what, what in the world just happened? Y'all ever been in a service like that? Where God just shows up, shows his theopony, comes in and just pours his presence out on the people. And you get home that night and you're just spiritually hung over, thinking... What just happened? I imagine that's the state that Solomon's in right now. So he's sitting there and, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night. Get this. And said unto him, I have heard thy prayers. Said it to Solomon. How good would it be for the Lord to come to you with an audible voice? and Say, hey, you know those prayers you're praying for that lost loved one? I've heard those prayers. You you know how you've been praying for a, a revival at church? I've heard those prayers. Solomon was doing some praying, wasn't he, folks? I have heard thy prayers and have chosen this place. We're going back here. See how this is all coming together? God's telling them how he got exactly what he got. I've heard your prayers. I've chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice if I shut up heavens you go back to the prayer this is some of the prayers that Solomon's praying he's saying Lord if you shut the heavens up you go back and look it up this is all ties in together but this is the Lord telling your prayers I've heard them and I'm going to repeat them back to you just so you know exactly what I've heard if I shut up heaven that there be no rain Or if I command the locusts to devour the land, that's in the prayer that Solomon was praying. Or if I send pestilence among the people, get this. This is great right here. This is exactly how you get a fire, church. This is how you start a fire. If my people, which are are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their lands. The Lord is telling Solomon plain and simple. You know the prayers you prayed after you, after you, you built my house. You, you were looking for me to show up. You preached to your people. Preached about how good I am. Then you made specific connotations in your prayer about their heavens being shut up. You you talked about the the pestilence and the locusts if they come and devour the land. You did all that. And I heard your prayers, Solomon. And I let the fire fall. I let the fire fall. And he said this. He said, if you ever get to that shape, You ever get to the shape where the heavens are shut up from rain? That's a picture in a top of the Holy Ghost falling, folks. Our churches today, the heavens have been shut up from rain. That's why deadness is running rampant across Baptist churches. That's why the loudest thing you... I'm not that's the loudest thing you hear in most churches today is a baby crying i ain't mad at that i'd rather be here crying than at home crying says if i send locusts to devour the lands look at the shape that our land is in folks look at the way this country is just turning away from god But God tells him right here, he says, look, when it gets to that point, this is what you've got to do. This is how you have got to bring the fire back. This is the way that you get me to show up to where you're at. That place you prepared, if you want me to show up there, I'm going to tell you how to do it. If my people, which are called by my name shall humble. That's the first step. Yes, sir. First step is humbling yourselves. We got into a point today where we are not humble, folks. I used to, we used to have like four or five kids at Sunday lunch, every Sunday after church. I think there's like maybe two to three years difference between me and my cousins and everything. And you know what happens when kids get together? They start to fight correct they start to wrestle start to have a good time and it was always fun and games when you got kids that are about the same age and closeness around each other but then when you got your uncle come in who's about eight years older than everybody and just wants to to whoop on everybody it's a little humbling ain't it because they even make you say uncle But you realize real quick how you're not the biggest player on the field, don't you? Churches need to take a look around and realize that we can't do any of this unless He shows up. That's right. We need to realize real quick we can come up here, we can sing songs in the choir all day, even said it to Brother Terry before. It doesn't matter if every note's perfect. It doesn't matter if it's the the best sound that's ever came out of people, if they don't humble themselves and realize who they're singing to, it ain't worth plug nickel. It's the same way with church, folks. If the man of God that gets up here don't get humble and realize that he can't do any of this unless the Lord shows up, Every one of y'all are wasting your time along with the man that's standing up here. Got to humble ourselves, folks. When's the last time we just really got humble with the Lord? Say, Lord, I can't do any of this without you. That song, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. Prime example, correct? We sang that song. Do we believe that song? Are we that humble? Or have we got to the point where we stand here and say, Solomon could have done that. Solomon could have said, whoa, look at this temple that I built. Look at all the people that I get to preach to. But no, Solomon was humble. When he starts praying, you go back and look. The first 15 verses of his prayer are nothing but humility about how good God is. Nothing but humility. First thing you got to do is you got to humble yourselves. It ties right into the next one. My people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and what? And pray. How's our prayer life, folks? How, how many of us are so quick to take God a list instead of giving Him our life? A lot of us are. We'll come to God... First thing we'll do, we'll, Lord, I, I, went, I, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll help this situation. Lord, I pray that you'll touch this person that's sick. Lord, I pray for, for my finances, Lord. When's the last time we have went to the Lord in prayer humbly and prayed, saying, God, thank you for being so good to me? When's the last time we've started a prayer with how good God is and ended it with how good God is? and ain't put the first thing in between. Think about that. When the Lord gave me this message, I had to get humble. I had to start praying like God tells us to pray. Because there's so many times that we just go wanting something. Like a kid with a Christmas list of Santa Claus. Lord, I want this. Lord, I need this. God, if you can give me this. Lord, I, I, I pray about this situation. But yet we won't go and pray. Say, Lord, thank you for this. Lord, thank you for bringing me through this storm. Lord, I, I know I went through it 10 years ago. But Lord, I'm still standing here today because of your mercy. When's the last time we pray like that? If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. What's the next thing you got to do? Anybody know? Seek my face. I mean, seek His face, folks. We're real quick to try to decide what the Lord wants with our own opinion. Solomon could have went in there and changed the whole plan of that temple, could he not? But he knew that God had already preordained exactly what it was supposed to look like. You know what? All these churches that change and go a different direction... Try to paint walls black, spotlights, strobe lights, and all that. There ain't nothing wrong with the way worship started here in Solomon's That's temple. Right. That's right. The very layout of the temple was the same all the way through. The exact same. Yeah, it grew on different colors. I mean, not different colors, but it grew in size on the outside and outer courts and things like that. But the layout was exactly the same. Because they knew where the Lord wanted to be. They knew they had that holy of holies where the Lord's presence dwelled. They didn't need to change anything to get that, did they? No, because they were too busy seeking what He wanted. They were too busy wanting the Lord to show up. How many of us want the Lord to show up when we come in here? We have to be seeking, folks. We have to be looking for His face. We have to be looking for His will and not our will. We're real quick to get these ushy-gushy feelings inside. Thinking, oh, this feels good. This feels right. No, it ain't about feelings, folks. It's about some prayer. It's about some humility. It's about seeking what God wants to do. If you want a fire this morning, you got to start following this simple plan right here. All these instructions that God has laid out. If you're going to get the fire, this is the only way to get it. The Lord tells Solomon, plain and simple, this is how you got it. If you want it again, this is how you get it. You got to do some some humbling. You got to do some praying. You got to do some seeking. Then you got to be turning from your wicked ways. You got to do some repenting. A lot of us are real bad about getting that little pet sin that we got. Well, well here's what we'll do. Well, we'll get to a, a, part, a point where the Lord's just convicting us. He's got it on us and he's, he hits a note. He'll hit that one note that nobody knows about. That one thing that you got tucked away over here. That one thing that you're keeping to yourself. Look, you can humble yourselves. You can pray and you can seek his face. But if you don't turn from your wicked ways. All those other steps don't matter. How many of y'all women in here bake? Okay, cake. I'm not a baker. I, listen, I'm not a baker. It's my disclaimer. Cake, when you, when you bake a cake, if you, uh, you got what, flour? S- s- ladies, help me. You got, okay, flour, eggs, sugar, vanilla, that's one of my favorites over here. Butter. You got, you got all these things, right? But let's say you start mixing that cake. You, you set your oven for whatever degree it's supposed to be set at and you put it in there and you go to pull that cake out when it's done. But yet you've left out an ingredient. How good's that cake? How good's that cake going to taste? It's not going to taste good at all, is it? If you're wanting some fire, you left your lighter at home, how are you going to get it? So if we don't turn from our wicked ways, how are we going to be able to get a fire? It's just ironic that this is a phone because all this, all this sin you want's is right here on this thing. But this is what we'll do. The Lord will convict us about it, won't He? He'll convict us about that pet sin we've got tucked away. And we'll come to this altar. And we'll lay it down. And we'll get about halfway back to our seat. We'll say, oh, I forgot this. That's not repentance, folks. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked way then then will i hear from heaven you want a fire this morning you want the lord to just show up in here in a great and mighty way you want it to be so thick and so real that it's something that that you have never seen Do you want the fire to be so consuming in here that when you leave this place, how many of y'all like to hang around bonfires and stuff when you're camping and stuff like that? Yeah, as soon as you do that and you go somewhere, people know you've been around a fire. How many of y'all would love for the fire to fall in here and it gets so real in here that when you walk out of the doors of this church, they can tell you've been in the presence of the Lord. They can tell you got fire on you. They can smell it on you. They can see that, wow, they've been in the fire today. We should be wanting that kind of fire every time we walk through the doors. We should want that fire to be so real in our lives that people see it on us people realize man they got something going on over there they said they couldn't even get in the temple because the fire was so real because the presence had filled the place I would love for the presence of the Lord to show up in here people leave out of here today be able to smell smell it on you Y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Amen. The problem we've got to is because, like all these things, they're all action words. You think about that. Every one of the words I just said, my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. That's action, right? Shall pray, right? That's action. Seek my face, that's an action, right? Turn from their wicked ways, that's an action, right? All these words are all actions. And some of us just ain't willing to put in the work. We're just not. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Folks, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of dead services. Let me ask you this. If somebody can come help me on the piano, please. I'll, I'll close out here. Let me ask you this. How many of y'all have lost loved ones that you know? That's a lot, folks. That's a lot. You don't have to. Don't, don't raise your hands on this. But how many of y'all that raised your hands may try to invite them to church, witness to them? That's wonderful. But how much better would it be if when you went to witness to them, tell them about church, tell them about the things of the Lord, how much better, how much easier would it make it they could smell smoke on them. How much more enthusiastic would you be about it if you've seen what the Lord can do? If you saw the Lord show up in this place, how quick would you be willing to go tell someone as soon as you got out of here today? There could be lost people in this place today crowd this size there's a good possibility real good possibility listen if you're lost I wouldn't wait to run to this altar but church if there's lost people sitting in here what's the difference that they need to see from what they can see anywhere they should be able to see that you've got something You should have something that they want. I just want a fire. I just want a fire. I want to be like I was when I was a little kid. Be willing to burn whatever, do whatever. Cut trees down on my own if I had to just to make a fire. I want to do that. But you know what it is? got the simple instructions on how to get it. But it's one of two things. One, we don't want it. Or two, we're not willing to do what it takes to get it. Have y'all really noticed how it's been a little quiet here this morning? We need be a church that is on fire i'm not just saying here i mean the church the body of christ the ecclesia the called out ones the band of baptized believers we need to start a fire what's one thing that's been in the news a lot coming out of canada here lately wildfires. I think there's one in Hawaii too. You know how those fires started? All those thousands and thousands of acres of fires. This is the last thing that it said when I was Googling this. When you start a fire, you can do everything following those instructions. Just like the instructions that we're given right here, right? You can do all that. But no matter what, no matter what you do, as far as your preparation, preparing a place, getting things ready, your kindling, whatever. You can do all those things. But the last thing it says is you'll never have a fire without an outside source. Folks, I can't work it up. I can't build it up. You can't either. We'll never have a fire without an outside source. Just like those wildfires, if there's a fire that starts, it can grow real quick, can't you, folks? How would you like to be the church that the outside outside source showed up at I'm just going to give you the opportunity to come to the altar this morning. We're going to sing one verse of invitation. I'm not going to drag it out. Listen, if you're here and you're lost and you don't even know about this. Hey, there is no time like today for salvation. If you're lost dying and on your way to hell, I'm asking you, hit this altar before it's eternally too late.